Welcome back to another episode of REP Resources Podcast, uh, Resources Empowering Parents. I am your host, Leslie Nuzo. It's been a little bit since we've had a podcast release, so I'm excited today to share another resource with you. Um, It's actually a service that has impacted my family's needs in a major way, Um, and it kind of came along right at the right time. Uh, I feel like my um, older daughters were getting married, and I feel like it was a great time when this was introduced to me, Um, and it is a respite respite uh, resource, and it's called Illinois Respite Coalition. Um, And today we have Tammy Foster and Tina Yurek with us. Say hello, ladies. Hello. Tina is the Executive Director of the Illinois Respite Coalition, and Tammy is the Illinois Respite Coalition Outreach Coordinator. Um, And I'm really excited that you guys were able to join the podcast today um, to just bring awareness to this resource, talk to our listeners a little bit about what what is respite, um, how Illinois Respite can help your family out. uh, And there's different choices. There's different ways that you guys do that. Um, So I would like for you guys to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be with IRC. All right. Well, hi. Uh, So this is Tina. Um, So I've been with the IRC um, over 11 years. I started as a board member and then became board uh, president. And um, uh, and then uh, became the uh, executive director of the IRC. And I would just say to Leslie, yeah, respite is something that I've just been really passionate about for over 20 years. So, you know, um, just feel very grateful, you know, to this organization that we have these kinds of resources for caregivers statewide. Absolutely. How about you, Tammy? Well, I'm Tammy and I am new and fresh into this position starting in June. I've been um, working in special education in a variety of ways for over 15 years. Um, I'm a mom of five. Um, My two younger daughters are still at home and I have three in college. And I am was able to use respite for the first time for my own family recently, as I have known about the program, but um, was able to use other ways to take breaks um, and get some time to myself. But now that my daughter's 11, um, those opportunities are a little bit more challenging. And so I was actually able to use, personally use um, the Illinois Respite Coalition this summer. So, I'm excited to just keep learning more. Great. And, you know, uh, I feel like uh, respite wasn't even in my vocabulary up till about maybe four or five years ago. Uh, It wasn't really in my wheelhouse. I didn't have uh, any experience with anybody using respite. I didn't really know what it was. And I came across IRC. And Tina, I cannot remember what made me contact you. I may have seen a flyer. I may have just looked up uh, resources for autism. I just Googled it. I think it was whenever I was starting the group up 
And I had called and talked with you, was blown away by the fact that this resource even existed. Um, And then the other thing that I was excited about is it didn't have anything to do with income. And that was one of the only resources that I had found that we could qualify for. So I was really excited about that. Um, you know, as parents, we are the default in every situation. You know, we're the care, we are the caregivers. It always falls on us. We are the ones laying in bed, rehearsing all those scenarios, you know, so we can feel pretty emotionally and mentally depleted. Uh, and, you know, just to call up a babysitter or have somebody come stay at our house with our child, it's just not that easy. We have such custom, uh, needs for each of our, for each of our children and in order to leave them and feel comfortable uh you know they are at risk for something happening that other children are not so it's really important that we have some uh that we feel confident with um so uh Leslie this why- is oh go ahead I um, just wanted to comment on the caregiver focus of respite and how we want the families to feel comfortable enough to be allowed to take that break because it really is for the caregiver to get the break, feel safe and secure with leaving their child um, with someone else. And one great thing that we're able to do is allow families to choose the caregiver um, to take their place while they're gone for the rest for respite. So, um, families are late, are able to choose someone that maybe their child is already familiar with or, um, has been in care with before. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I, I, uh, sometimes the parents will ask me about that and I, I'm not really sure as far as how many providers there are in our area. I know that there are difficulty uh, difficulties with finding people to uh, provide this respite care. Um, so why don't we go ahead and dive in, Tammy? Why don't you start with what type of uh, programs are available with IRC? So there's three different programs, and I think that um, one thing I just wanted to mention first is that this care is. Um, respite is for the lifespan. So where right now we are really focused on our kids and um, the special education um, population that um, this does go the lifespan. So um, it is eligible for others um, who also need a caregiving break from um, a relative or somebody that's in their care. It isn't just for children. And what dis and but it is uh, there has to be a disability there is correct. There does have to be a diagnosis um, okay. of a. Um, there are three different respite programs that are offered through the Illinois Respite Coalition, and they are referred to as one is the voucher program. Um, one is emergency respite, and the the last one is in in home respite option. Okay. And how does the voucher program work? The voucher program is the program I was able to use this summer for my daughter, Sophie. 
she's 11 and she has down syndrome and she was able to attend a camp and uh that was able she was able to use funds from the voucher program for that so she does have to to qualify for that she had to not be receiving any other services um that are similar or are um, funded through a waiver, another waiver program through the state. And there are a lot of variety of those programs as well. But to qualify, we um, cover 69, I believe, counties for the voucher program. And that uh, provides up to $816 or 48 hours of respite for. Um, for a family. Okay. So what kind of program would that be? I'm sorry, ask that to me again. Um, like what kind of programs would qualify for that? Like, okay, so you had just mentioned Sophie had used used one. So what uh how do we know what programs out there would accept this? Does that make sense? Yeah, can I, I'll jump in, is that okay? Yeah. Uh, so the voucher program is a unique program in that it can give the caregivers, and for this program specifically who has a loved one diagnosed with an intellectual or developmental disability. So whether that's autism or epilepsy, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, and like Tammy mentioned, as long as they're not receiving any other waiver funding or uh, respite, uh, another respite uh, grant funding. But this voucher gives the caregiver a choice of um, using it to pay for a program like a special needs camp or a special recreation program. Uh, so that they can take their break, knowing that their their loved one is in a in a, a safe program, like you had mentioned, Leslie. Uh, you know, someone that you know and trust. Uh, or it could also be used to provide um, up to forty eight hours. You know, like Tammy previously mentioned. So it can be split. It could be used for partial in home respite or for a program. And that's something that I think is really unique about a voucher. Uh, so it's really like that stipend of uh, $816 that families can receive in a program year. Um, uh, and that's very different than, you know, say the in-home program. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, also, uh, you know, specific, you know, through the Department of Human Services of having an intellectual or developmental disability. And um, the in-home program is for that in-home support. Uh, and um, uh, the number of hours will, you know, be based on the number of eligible children uh, in the family. But, you know, uh, for one child, it would be 180 hours uh, a program year that a family could get. Okay. So, yeah, so if the child's home, in-home in respite, um, they that, that's a break for the caregiver, but it's also the fact that they can send their child to a program. Um, some kids, I sometimes kids just aren't happy at home without their parents. 
So I feel like this is a really good option for a parent to maybe drop their child off at a safe program and be able to have that paid for. And yeah, they still get that break. Yeah, this is a newer program to the IRC. We're just starting our second year with it. And that's where families are like, you know what, I really don't need that in-home piece. And an example is like you said, you know what, um, I want my child to get out of the home. Uh, and they will split it up and they just have, you know, different options on how they they can use, you know, uh, use that funding. Yeah, that's and, really great. And, yeah, love the flexibility. Uh, I I don't think that was, um, I, I didn't take advantage of that. I only did the in-home respite at the time. Um, and I haven't really used the service recently because I'm having difficulty finding um, a respite worker. So maybe we can talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, is there anything else about the in-home respite that we need to mention? No, just that, like with the voucher, the 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 caregiver is the employer. So whoever the caregiver uses, if they choose to split that program by using some of it for in-home, um, that would be somebody that they would know and trust. And that person, because it's, you know, really a voucher going to the family and the family chooses how to spend that money. Um okay. They, the, the, the IRC is not the employer, which is very different from when you get to the in-home program. You know, the in-home program, um, you know, per the state, it, you know, says anybody who has an in-home grant, the agency has to be the employer. So we have to um, train and uh, do background checks, and um, and then we pay uh, the 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 respite who are actually come to be IRC staff. We will pay them uh, to provide in-home support, you know, to a family. So it's also different because sometimes with an in-home program, you know, um, you can have a family member providing respite as long as that family member is over 18 years of age and living outside of the home. Um, uh, but sometimes I will have families say, really, Tina, you're going to fingerprint my mother? And um, I'm like, you know what? Everybody in, in the in-home program, uh, you know, it, it's mandated, mandated by IDHS that, yeah, we have to do these background checks. So that's also a little uh, difference, you know, from the voucher. Some um, some families really want that additional uh, hours and support, but then the IRC becomes the employer. I see. So that's the difference there. So if a parent were to um, if a parent were to need this service and want to find out and sign up, what would that look like? They would call or they would email you or Tammy. And you know what, um, uh, uh, Tammy, why don't you give your phone number? All right, my phone number is 312-463-4730. And also we have a um, number listed on our website, which is the Illinois Respite Co Coalition.org. And I'll put this on uh, the comments when we post the podcast. 
so our viewers can drop down and look at the comments and have all of the contact information. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. So when they call, um, what, what happens after that? What does that look like if a parent calls and just says, hey, I need some respite for my child? What are those just kind of, um, what does that kind of look like? Yes, such a great question. So we go through an intake process. And so it's about a five minute um, interview to make sure that um, which respite um, choice the family is interested in, what they qualify for, um, and then um, an email follow-up with the forms that families need to complete. So it's relatively a quick process to get started. Um, so that's done online? Uh, yes, they can do the paperwork online and it just gets emailed back to, to one of us. Okay. If they already have a provider that they're um, of their choice that they're ready to use, things can happen very quickly. Okay. And so then uh, the other, you had the in-home and then we had the voucher program and then the emergency. What is the emergency used for? So the emergency is a one-time, one-time emergency fund. We try to get those completed within 30 days while we're getting a family set up, um, possibly through the in-home service. Uh, it isn't county-specific. The emergency respite program isn't county-specific. You just need to be an Illinois resident. Okay. Yeah, and that's also a program that is not specific on age or disability. So um, that emergency respite is a statewide program for caregivers who are not connected to any other support. And the first part is offering them um, a $500 stipend. And that kind of follows the same kind of guidelines of the voucher um, where they could choose how they want uh, to use that 500, but it can exceed the 500. And then that that secondary goal to that emergency respite is then linking caregivers to programs and services in their area statewide. And that's a program that is, you know, um, like Tammy had mentioned before, it's 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 across the lifespan. So no matter your age, or your disability. So we we get calls from caregivers saying, hey, I'm really worried about my mom. She's been caring for my father who has dementia. Um, and, um, you know, or others who have, you know, just say, hey, I just, I just, I, 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 I just had a baby. And um, uh, my baby maybe has this, you know, um, uh, disability and I don't know where to go and how to start. So, um, we we try to, you know, be there to really link caregivers across the state to uh, respite in their area. Wow. Okay, that's really great. So they may go on after that and not necessarily qualify for in-home respite or the voucher program, but they they were still allowed to use that emergency funds. Yes. Yeah. No financial qualification for that program as well. 
And the other thing, yeah, so it, it's not based on on income and um, and then it, there's also no cost for any of these programs, any of like the grant funded respite programs. Uh, you know, there's there's no cost to families for them. And and I'm I'm with you. That's that's a big deal when it comes to not based on income. And then there's no cost. Right, right. Okay, my next question is, we talked about um, the fact that we can choose our own um, person to care for our loved one. Uh, If we do not know of anybody, I don't think we cover this yet, but if we do not know of anyone, do you assist in finding providers for the families? So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and answer that. And, and the answer is, do we assist? Yes. Um, and you, you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, Leslie, when you're like, it's hard to find. Um, it is really hard. There is a national shortage of um, respite providers or personal support mm-hmm. workers. It, there is a mm-hmm. national shortage. And, um, you know, what the Illinois Respite Coalition has done over this last year to try to help with this too, is we uh, were part of a national pilot project, uh, and the Wisconsin Respite Coalition uh, took the lead on this with other funding agencies, and there were 10 states that were part of this pilot project, and Illinois was one of them. And we created, through Wisconsin's training model, an Illinois-specific respite um, provider training. And this training is across the lifespan. It's free for caregivers if they um, are using voucher and there isn't that training or background because they're the employer. They can send you know that person to um, this this training link to learn some information across the lifespan about respite. And at the end, um, the individual when they pass that course, they'll they'll get a certificate that they can they can use. Um, and so we're we're hoping that this is something that will create a registry for caregivers across the state of interested individuals who want to become respite providers. And then we're also hoping too that it could also link individuals um, uh, possibly to jobs. So we want agencies to uh, to use this training uh, as well at no cost. Wisconsin has used this training for over 10 years, and it's been really successful in helping uh, caregivers link up to train respite providers. So we have the training done. We are working on finishing up our uh, registry, and that should be up and running in a couple months. So that's that's one new thing that we're hoping to do. The other thing that we do is, you know, if a family does not know somebody, we will email out um, uh, to our current respite staff and say, hey, we have a family in the area. Are you, you know, are you interested in learning or knowing more? And then link that individual to that family. And then we also try to help. We we have um, we will do postings at different universities and college. Uh, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, to to try to help. And and you know the hardest part too 
is when I when I when I when I when I personally talk to families, I'm like, you know, for me, one of the hardest things to always do is ask. But you don't get anywhere unless you ask. And I'm like, it's amazing how many families will say, Tina, I don't know anyone. And I'm like, do you have neighbors? Is there anybody who knows your son? Is there anybody that you trust who knows your son? Sometimes it's just saying, hey, would you be interested in watching them for a few hours a week? And, you know, through this program, you know, they, I could pay you or, you know, if it was voucher or, you know, through the agency, you can get um, trained and paid. And we've had, um, we've had a lot of families find workers when, um, uh, through Facebook posts and, you know, and then just kind of, uh, you know, thinking out of the box of who they know and where we could possibly post. So we, we do try to assist that way. And I will say to you, Leslie, when we first got started and you and I linked up, I know you you worked very, very hard to help a lot of the families get connected to respite. And I want to thank you for that. And yeah, uh, absolutely. And, yep. And also with, you know, with respite providers. So it is being yeah, I, created, but it is hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the Facebook post. Um, and then I ended up finding somebody. She was an aide that worked with my son Landon at school. And I just asked her if that's something that she would be interested in. At the time, things had kind of fell apart for a summer program and extended school year that we had where we live. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this? You know, because I really felt Landon still needed that support. I needed that time away <laughs> a little bit. And, um, so I just kind of created a schedule with it and I asked one of his aides and it, it worked out really, really good. Um, we even used her for my daughter's wedding. Um, she came to the wedding, so we paid her for that part. And then when she was back at home with Landon, she was able to be paid through Illinois respite. And it was so nice knowing that she was trained. Uh, she knew Landon well and so I was able to enjoy myself and have that time away and be refreshed and not be worried. Oh gosh, I wonder how they're doing with Landon. I wonder what's going on. Is he getting out of the house? Is he, like I said, all these questions that us parents will, you know, go back to. So yeah, definitely the Facebook, pay, the Facebook, Instagram, social media platform, uh, networking, asking uh, aides from the school, and then talking to your hairdresser, talking to just spreading the awareness that, hey, this community is looking for people to provide this respite care and there's really good money in it. Um, it's a good wage. And uh, so that really worked out really well for our family. Some other oh. areas that we suggest is, you know, just exploring all those options with family and friends. If they've never been asked, they may not um, even know that that it's available in asking your neighbors. And if you are involved in a church group or a faith-based organization, some kind of parent support group, we mentioned the um, local colleges and universities, because sometimes yeah, those great. Find jobs. And if they're in that field that, you know, that might be something that they're looking for experience in. And then wherever your child goes and is safe, already what 
if that might be at school or any other activities that they do, those people are already familiar with your loved one. And so they would be, you know, able to support, support them easier. And then they also, there's websites that provide um, like care.com and places like that. Um, I don't know a lot of variety of them where you can look uh, for caregivers in your area because really you're hiring someone to do this for you. So, so you're, you have to look as the employer to try to find the best fit for you. And that online training is so nice that every part of it is online. So if anybody wanted to access that resource, they would be able to do that easily. And uh, the person that is uh, receiving that training, um, how is that communication? Like they're able to call, they're able to call IRC and ask questions and you guys will help them walk through this training and, and all the steps that they need so that it's really painless. It's very self-explanatory in modules with the testing and um, you can go back and rewatch and re-listen to things. I thought that the videos had a lot of great content in them when I took the training. Um, very gave a lot of great information regarding um, being you are learning to be the caretaker and just of how to be more knowledgeable about things and be be helpful and how to ask questions and what emergency things to look for it was it was a really great variety of a lot of great information yeah and you know what two things i'd like to to add is um you know the first is when we uh when when we have somebody who is interested in becoming a respite provider we do have staff who's assigned to the grants and 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 yes you know it's really important to us that um you know the 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 individual feels comfortable and 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 their questions are answered and uh so they are really uh, onboarded you know through you know through the whole uh process for in home and when we have individuals who for instance are uh college students um you know we also like to talk to them about this being a real partnership and that you know uh if this is something that they find uh that they can even rule out choices of oh i would rather work with you know young children uh than um than older children and this is a field that i want to go to i'm like you know what this is a partnership do well and we're happy to write recommendations because there's grants out there uh and um and we you know we we really want you know people who are really going to be you know very supportive in the home very knowledgeable so that that caregiver can truly take that breath that they need yeah i think this would be great for some uh, school personnel to have information on irc because they could share that with uh you know juniors and seniors in high school uh, that's something that they could go on to do in college. They could get hooked up with IRC. And like you said, Tina, if it's definitely something that they're interested in anyway, 
I mean, what a, you know, what a great uh, training that is. And like you said, resume, that would be great on the resume. And if you guys, you know, give references, that's, that's really great. In the hand, and that you would just be able to gain so much knowledge on what, what maybe what age of loved ones you let enjoy working with. And mm -hmm. if you to work with a variety of families. Yeah. So Tina, you had mentioned about the pilot program that Wisconsin had started. So, and you'd mentioned 10 other states uh, were involved with that, Illinois being one of them. So other states have coalitions like, like Illinois Respite Coalition? Yeah, so right now, I'm going to say there is over 35 uh, coalitions throughout the nation. So not every state, but, uh, you know, but pretty close to every state has some type of uh, respite coalition to, to help connect families to respite services in their state. And, um, and those services may look different too, state by state. And they even look different, you know, in Illinois, the, the, the different kind of, you know, grants that we have. But yeah, so there's, yeah, over like 35 uh, coalitions, state coalitions. Okay, good. Because, you know, our listeners may live in a different state and um, we are going to on Spotify and Apple podcast. So if somebody runs across this podcast and they're listening, uh, they know that they can reach out and um, see if there's you know, their state has a coalition and, and get connected with them. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Um, there is also a national respite coalition who really kind of keeps all of the coalitions um, connected and, um, and have uh, wonderful information. So you could even go to the national respite coalition and Google them. And then they have a map, uh, and you can hit the state that you're with and get connected to respite information in that state. Okay, great. I can also add that to the podcast comments. Yeah, and I'm happy to give you that the email after this. Okay. And Tammy, you mentioned about the website, IRC website. Um, and I had just, you know, I have been on there several times. So I would encourage our listeners to go go on, check it out, um, learn a little bit about uh, Illinois Respite and how they can help you. If you have any questions, um, you guys are also on Facebook. So somebody could message you guys through Facebook. Um, just reach out. I just want to encourage our listeners, if you're listening to this and you um, aren't familiar with Respite, uh, check it out. It can really be life-changing for your family. Um, if you run across this podcast and you have, and you don't have a, uh, a special loved one, but you, you have a, you know, maybe a niece or a nephew or a neighbor that you can share this podcast with them. No, I um, think, I, yeah, thank you. No, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's great. And the only other thing, Leslie, that I would add, you know, when we're, we're talking about, you know, in the beginning, what is respite? Sometimes caregivers don't picture themselves as a caregiver. It's just this is I'm, this is my daughter. This is my son. I'm I'm not a caregiver. I'm mom, and and it's knowing that you know you, um, 
you you are caring for a loved one, which makes you, you know what I mean, a caregiver. And, you know, there are services, you know, out there that, you know, um, can help support you. Yeah, like Tammy said earlier, just that we have to remember what this for. This is for the caregiver. Um, yes. I had a couple experiences that I saw on your website that I was just going to read and share, if that's okay. Uh, here's Great. the first one. I had no other help and no way to afford it. My daughter was diagnosed with autism, global communication disorder, and food refusal at three years old. I'm very limited on who can watch her and even more limited on who would be willing. The IRC gave me a long overdue break and I can't explain in with words how much it helped me. I felt so isolated and overstressed and the respite that the IRC provided was a lifesaver. And that was a caregiver in East Alton, Illinois. The second one, the Illinois Respite Coalition helped my family greatly during our recent pregnancy by providing emergency respite funding to allow a trained respite worker to come into our home and help take care of our daughter who has significant disabilities. This has been a huge relief to our family. Caring for my daughter has become very physically challenging for me during the pregnancy, but the emergency respite funding has allowed my husband to continue working all the while ensuring our daughter's care and safety needs are met. Caregiver in Champaign, Illinois. So I just think it's really great to share those experiences so that our listeners can hear, oh, okay. I mean, like, I think that Illinois respite could help me out. I feel like I could use a break. Um, this is going on. Um, and so it's just great to hear those experiences. And yeah, no, thank you. Stressful being a care provider. And everybody deserves to get a break. And people shouldn't feel guilty about contacting the Illinois Respite Coalition to see if they're, you know, or if there's something that we can do for them. For sure. Well, I want to thank you guys for um, coming on and giving some awareness to this resource. Um, I always like to share the resource. I like to share the experiences. And I also like to share um, some encouraging words to our listeners. Um, and the quote that I had picked for this podcast is saying thank you. There are many we meet who are just passing through. And then there are a few who stay to pull us through. And so with REP, that's kind of what we do as parents. We're there to pull each other through. And we kind of see someone that is failing, kind of losing their step. And um, as parents and community members, um, we need to, you know, pull together and and help these people. And I thank the Illinois Respite for helping us through what we went through, which has just was amazing. It really was. So thank you for that. Um, and lastly, I'd like to ask Tina and Tammy. I always ask my guests, is there a favorite author that inspires you? A favorite podcast that is a little bit of a guilty pleasure or any book series that you like to read? If you'd like to share that with our listeners. Tammy, you can go first. <laughs> okay. The last book I read was Holes. Um, I think about fifth grade reading level. I just read that with my daughter. I don't do a lot of for pleasure for myself, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts that are usually crime related. 
Um, I also like to listen to One Strange Thing podcast. And uh, I do really enjoy the Affect Autism podcast, full of lots of different information for not even just kids with the diagnosis of autism, but any um, atypical kind of social social interactions that they may have. It just has, I find it, my daughter has Down syndrome and I find a lot of great content in that podcast as well. Great. I just wrote that down. I'll be listening. And Prime um, is super popular right now. So I understand that. <laughs> so I, you know what, the last book that I read was um, written by Mich Michelle Obama. And it was, you know, I believe the title was Becoming Michelle Obama. And I I just loved reading it. I just felt like she is so smart and witty. And that just kind of was a way to end my day. Uh, so I had that just on my nightstand. Um, podcasts, all of my uh, four children are in their, their 20s. Um, and they listen to, to different podcasts. So when I'm with them, I can be listening to a motivational one and another one about how to build a fish tank. So, um, so I love the different types of podcasts out there. And yeah, I, so far I've, yeah, I've enjoyed, uh, listening to those as well. Cool. That's so neat. Got that. I wrote that down too. Well, just to close out, um, if there isn't anything else you guys want to share, I'll give you one last chance to do that if you'd like to. Uh, so I'll, I'll start. So, Leslie, I don't want to forget to thank you for this opportunity and for all that you do and continue to do. And even what you have done for the IRC, you know, when we got that first in-home grant. And, you know, in inviting us to meet your parents and to talk to them and For answer sure. the questions face to face. Um, so truly appreciate that and this opportunity uh, to just really help spread the word that there's help out there. And um, sure. yeah, thank you very much. You bet. Well, I just want to thank our community as well and being able to link families with the supports that they need. And I guess my last thing is just to reach out so that you have this set up before it, maybe it's an emergency. Have you qualify to have respite in your family to set it up and be, have it be ready before it becomes an emergency. And that way that you're able to, um, choose your providers and take the time that that you need to get things set up so that you feel comfortable leaving your yeah. child yeah. being prepared that is yeah. great well i will close with what i close with every time is that you know your child best and you are your child's best advocate thanks for listening we'll see you next time <laughs>